All right, so we are wrapping up this series uh, called Be the Church. And um, again, this is just a series that, that we've worked through to try to help us keep in mind the, the fact that when we hear the word church, we don't want to really think so much of a, a place to be, but who we are, okay? That we are the church. And we've learned over these last couple of weeks how we can be the church through our story, right? How we can talk about how uh, God has been at work in our life through our integrity, living a life that honors God and blesses others. We learned how we can be the church through our worship, how our life should just be one long nonstop act of worship. And last week we learned that we can be the church through our readiness and being prepared whenever the opportunity arises to influence someone else for Jesus. Today in this final installment, what we're going to do is we're going to look at our our, um, how we can be the church through our invitation. And invitations happen all the time, right? People are invited to birthday parties and to baby showers. They're invited to ball games. They're invited to weddings and over to people's homes for, for dinner. And I realize that because of the pandemic, things are a little bit different now. But the fact is we invite people all the time. We do. What I'd like to do is talk to you about two guys in the Bible who were invited. And George just read about them a moment ago. But these two guys, their names are Peter and Nathaniel. Peter was invited by his brother, Andrew. And Nathaniel was invited by his friend, Philip. They were both invited to meet Jesus. And it changed their life. I'd like to just reread this, this uh, section that George read a moment ago from John chapter 1. It says this. There it is. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard what John had said and who had followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we... And he, brought him to, and he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas, which when translated is Peter. So that's how Peter got his name. The next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, Follow me. Philip found Nathanael and told him, We have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth, can anything good come from there? Nathanael asked. Come and see, said Philip. So just as Peter heard about Jesus from his brother Andrew, and just as Nathaniel heard about Jesus from his buddy Philip, I want you to understand that for us to be the church, we need to just keep in mind there are people in our circle of influence who may never encounter the life-changing love of Jesus Christ unless we invite them. Now again, I get it, COVID-19, and so invitations are going to look a little different. I get that. But really, an invitation can happen in any way, shape, or form. Just use your imagination. An invitation can be just an invitation to have coffee together or have a light lunch. And there you can share your story of how God has been at work in your life or, or, or maybe draw out some of those illustrations that we looked at last week. It could be, of course, an invitation to come here, to join you for worship. 
right? Or if you're watching online, to, to join you online and then to, to talk about it. Talk about what they heard and learned afterwards. It could be an invitation uh, to, to come to your small group or to a Bible study or to maybe help somebody that you know is in need. Actually, your life can be an invitation, right? An invitation where um, you can expose them to Jesus and what it means to be in, in the family of Christ. The key though, okay, the key here is offering the invitation. That's the key. So to be the church, one of the ways for us to actually do that, be that, is through our invitation. For that to happen, though, there are a couple of steps, okay, a couple of steps that you need to take that need to happen, okay? And step number one for you to be the church through your invitation is to believe that Jesus can change lives. This sounds almost ridiculously obvious, but it is so absolutely critical. You have to believe. You absolutely have to know in your heart that God, in the person of Jesus, has the capacity to change another person's life and soften their heart, make it receptive. You, you, you have to do that. The reason why Andrew was so excited to have Peter meet Jesus was because he was convinced, he believed that it would change his brother's life. The reason why Philip was so excited that, to have his friend Nathaniel meet Jesus was because he, was, he believed, he was convinced that it would change his friend's life. And, and while it is true that God calls us to be the church and calls us to be the church through our invitation, before we can even go there, it, it's, this is just fundamental truth. We have to believe that Jesus can and will work in the heart and the life of you know, our friend, our coworker, our classmate, our coach, our teacher, our family member, our neighbor, whoever it is, we need to believe, we have to be convinced that God has the power, the capacity to change that person's life and that their life will be blessed when Jesus is a part of it. And they will be blessed. They will be blessed. I mean, for one thing, when Jesus is their savior, okay, when he's their savior as a gift of God's grace, their sin will be forgiven and they will have the promise of eternal life. And as the Holy Spirit works inside of them, inside their hearts, and they believe for themselves that Jesus lived and died for me personally, when they believe that, they will be blessed. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 10, it says, Christ Jesus has destroyed death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. That is one blessing. A second blessing, though, is that because of Jesus, they will also receive freedom and strength for the here and now. Okay, so when Jesus is a part of their life, when Jesus is their Savior and King, they are freed from their burdens. Got it? They are given power to face whatever difficulty they may face. George read this just a moment ago. This is how cool the Holy Spirit works. We did not talk about this verse. But in Matthew 10, I'm sorry, Matthew 11, verse 28, Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to think about those people in your sphere of influence. And some of those people are weary and burdened. Okay, some of them are, are fighting with financial problems. Some of them may be uh, wrestling with emotional wounds. 
Some of them may be uh, struggling with emotional, I'm sorry, with physical pain. Some of uh, them may be uh, dealing with uh, the, the burden of, of regret or, or shame. Okay, you know people, I'm thinking, in your sphere of influence whose lives are broken. Right? Their world is a mess. Of course, along with those people, though, in your world of influence, are other people whose lives are just going well for them. Life's going well. It's going well financially, physically, emotionally, relationally. Life's going well. And that's fine. But here's where I'm going with all of this. I want you to think about those people in your world of influence. And I just want you to ask yourself this question. If you're going to be the church through your invitation, do you believe do you believe that that person's life will be even better if they know Jesus? Do you believe that, if, uh, do you believe that they, their life will be even more blessed if they encounter Christ? And the answer, of course, is yes, absolutely. Right? I mean, Jesus can make a difference in their life and also for their eternity. So it doesn't matter you know, what difficulty they may be dealing with in their life or if life is just smooth sailing for them. I, you just understand that Jesus has the ability, you have to believe that Jesus has the ability to change their life and make it even better. Okay? And to be the church through your invitation, you have to believe that. That's the first step. Second step is to recognize that Jesus wants to use you. Yes, Jesus loves to use his church and the people who work there, like pastors and teachers and other staff and lay leaders and other church volunteers. But he also wants to use each and every single one of you. No exceptions. All of you watching me right, home, right now online. He wants to use you. Okay, you, all of you, you are part of his family for a reason. Right? You, you are where you are in your life for a reason, right? We talked about this last week. And, and so whether you are at work or at school or on your team or in your neighborhood or at home with your family, you are where you are because God wants to use you. He wants to use you to influence others for Jesus. God put Philip, I mean, think about it. God put Philip into Nathaniel's life for a reason, didn't he? He, put, he? he made Andrew Peter's brother for a reason. And, and I know it's tempting to think, oh, I can never do, I can't invite somebody. That's just outside my comfort zone. And I understand that. But please realize you may have access to this person. That you may have access to this, to this um, uh, teammate, this classmate, this, um, this neighbor, this relative, this, this friend, in a way that I don't. And no one else here either. So just please understand, you may be the only Christian in that person's life. And even if you aren't the only Christian in that person's life, it may very well be that you are the only one who is taking the time to just think about them right now. Before Jesus ascended back into heaven, he told his disciples these words. And these are the same words that Jesus says to each and every one of us here today. Matthew, these are familiar words. It's great commission. But it's basically Jesus saying, I want to use you. Okay? Jesus says this, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. God wants to use you. 
And, and one of the ways that he will use you is for you to be the church through your invitation. Step three. Okay, to be the church through your invitation, identify the people in your sphere of influence. So here's why I'm going to get you to just think about, for a second, those people in and around your life. Right? People who have proximity to you. And, and these are people who, again, we're talking about people who are outside of God's family, okay? People who may not know Jesus. They may know about Jesus, but they don't know him as their Savior. There's a difference. And, and, and I want you to think about the fact that, again, God has put you where you are in proximity to these people for the very reason that he may want you to influence them for Christ. So, um, as Paul says here in Colossians Uh, In Colossians 4, verse 5, Paul says, Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. So so God wants you to make the most of every opportunity with those people who are in and around your life. And and so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to put up this little graphic, as you can see on the screen. And if you're watching, you can see it on your screen as well. And if you have a sermon outline, it's there. What I want to do is I want to work through these different spheres of influence. And, and so, you know, the smallest, the middle circle, that's, those are the people closest to you. And then the farther you go out in those rings, those are people who you know less and less, right? And, and so here's what I'd like you to do. As I go through each of these areas, these different spheres of influence, I want you to be thinking about people in each of those areas, I want you to be thinking about people who really need God in their life right now. Maybe they're, they've been disconnected from God. Maybe they're going through a dark time in their life. Maybe they just they don't even know about who Jesus is. There's no connection. But I want you to be thinking about these different individuals. And as we go through each of those sections, I would like to challenge you to write down two or three names for each of those. Okay? So don't just mentally think about them. Write them down. Write them down because then you'll have it in a tangible way. So let's work through this, all right? The first, the inner circle that I want to look at with you is we're just going to call that family, right? Those are the people who are closest to you. It was what Peter and Andrew were. They were brothers. Andrew's following Jesus. He goes to his bro, Peter, and he says, you got to meet Jesus. So who are the people in your family Okay, who are the people who need to meet Jesus in your family? And again, maybe they've just been disconnected from God over the years, kind of drifted away, or maybe they just, you know, they're going through a time of difficulty right now, but who are those people on, in that area for you? And this could be anybody. This could be your spouse. It could be your parent. It could be uh, a child. It could be, um, uh, it could be a sibling. It could be your niece or nephew. It could be an aunt, uncle, cousin, in-law, it could be anybody. But who are those people that if you, inv- um, who are those people whose lives would be better, who would be blessed if you invited them to encounter the life-changing love of Jesus Christ? Okay, write down a couple of names. The second circle would be those that we're going to call friends. Now, this is Philip and Nathaniel, right? They were, they were buddies. And um, Philip, when he was following Jesus, first name that popped into his mind was his, his friend Nathaniel. And at first, Nathaniel kind of says, yeah, not so fast, you know, I, I don't know about, you know. And, and, and Philip, he, he's, he just continues on. He said, come on, just check it out. 
So who are the people in your circle of friends? And I'm talking about your, the, the, guys, the people you hang out with. These are people that you would call when you're in a jam. These aren't just casual acquaintances. These are close friends. So who are those people? In your life, your circle of influence called your friends, whose lives would just be completely transformed if you invited them to encounter the life-altering love of God in Jesus Christ. Who would those people be? So write down two or three names. The next circle, the next ring after that would be coworkers and classmates. And I know for those of you sitting here or even watching online, okay, you may be both. You may be a student and work a job. Some of you are retired and, well, that's, you know, sorry, you don't have to pay attention now. No, that's not true. <laughs> Actually, I, I want you to think about maybe some previous coworkers that you had. But think about this, okay? If you're a coworker or if you have coworkers or if you have classmates, think about that. And you might be, well, you might be thinking, it's like, I hate my job. I don't even like these people at work. And, or you might be thinking, I don't like anybody at school. And you know what? I get that. Okay, I, I fully understand that. But remember, God has you where you're at for a reason. Even if you don't like the place, even if you hate the place where you're at, he's got you there for a reason. You have to keep that in mind. So who is it who might be there that God is looking for you to use to influence them for Jesus? Maybe it's the person who always comes in and they're just grumpy gusses. You know, they're always just in a bad mood. They got the Eeyore syndrome. You know, it's, yeah, it's another day. And just, you just be like, what's up? Or maybe it's somebody at school who's just kind of a loner. They're very quiet. Maybe they get targeted. Maybe it's somebody who's just always cruel and mean. Whoever it is, who do you know there in those, either of those environments whose lives could be just completely turned upside down if you were to invite them to experience the transforming love of Jesus Christ? Now, Understand, these, this circle, these aren't your friends, okay? Uh, they're not as close as your friends. But they are known by you, and they have proximity to you. So who would those people be? Who would those be? Just name two or three. Just write two or three names down. And then this final ring, this final sphere of influence, would be those I'm just going to call neighbors and others. And this could be somebody who lives down the hall from you in your apartment. This could be the person who lives across the street and two doors down. But this also could be somebody in your aerobic class or you see at the gym on a pretty regular basis. This could be somebody that you get your coffee from at Dunkin' Donuts every morning. I don't know. It, it could be somebody that you know, you're, you and their child, they're, on the, they're in the same uh, team or pack or group or whatever, and you see them at competitions or meets or games. And even though, again, you know them, they're, you're, they're not your friends, but you, you just know them because you share something in common. So who would those people be? And maybe you don't know their name. So then just describe them. Yeah, you know, it's the guy with the beard. Or it's, you know, that's Billy's mom. Whatever. So, so those are the people in your sphere of influence that I want you to be thinking about. Right? I want you to think about each of those areas. Now, just quick review. For you to be the church through your invitation, you have to believe all right, that, that Jesus can change life. Just like he's changed your life. Right? And George talked about that just as he invited you into his family through the power of the Holy Spirit. you got to believe that Jesus can change their life too. Second, you need to recognize that God wants to use you personally. Third, you want to identify those different people in those spheres of influence. But there's a fourth step, and this is the critical step, because none of those other steps matter if you don't do this fourth step. And it's by the Spirit's power, 
you extend, you care enough to extend an invitation. So, what does that mean? If you truly believe that Jesus has the power to transform a person's life, if you truly believe that Jesus came to this earth 2,000 years ago, that he suffered and died for your sins, but also for their sins as well as everybody else's sins, if you truly believe that a sin-blackened heart can be made white through uh, an act of confession and, and humble repentance, if you believe that Jesus is the only way for a person to be forgiven and saved, and that by the Spirit's power, anyone can be brought into his family and, and experience a transformed life, a life that's filled with meaning and purpose and hope and joy and peace and power. If you truly believe that, and in your spheres of influence, you know people who need God's grace and mercy just as much as you do, then to be the church, you need to care enough to invite them. Remember, that's what happened with Philip and Nathaniel. Let me uh, reread John chapter 1, verse 46. Nazareth, can anything good come from there? Nathaniel asked. Come and see, said Philip. In spite of Nathaniel's uh, kind of resistance, saying, oh, Nazareth, oi. Philip cared enough to stay at it, to keep inviting them. One last verse. This is from Acts 20, verse 24. Paul says, I consider my life worth nothing to me if only I may finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the gospel of God's grace. We live in a world that is busted, that is just one big hot mess. There are people who are lost and dying. And the people in your world of influence intersect that world. And my prayer is that we, by the Spirit's power, not only recognize that, but that we would ask the Holy Spirit to help us, to use us, and to be the church through our invitation, whatever way that might happen. So let me just challenge you in a couple of ways, all right? Let me challenge you for this week. First one, I, I want to challenge you to remember the blessings a person can enjoy through Jesus. No matter who that person is, please never forget that Jesus is the God of the universe and with him all things are possible and you gotta believe, right? You gotta believe that he can work in their life and make it even better. He can bless it even more. Second, second challenge is understand that you may be the only Christian in a person's life. I know it's easy to think, oh, I'm gonna let somebody else do the invitation thing. I, I don't need to do There's lots of other people. That invitation may never happen. So, Remember, you are where you are for a reason. God has you there on purpose. And then the third thing I'd like to just challenge you to do is seek opportunities to invite those people um, in your sphere of influence. So those names that you were writing down or, or maybe just, you know, thinking about, because, you know, I can see you guys. You're not, but those names, I want you to pray over those names. I want you to pray over those names and ask the Holy Spirit, again, to help you influence them for Jesus, to allow you to be the church through your invitation. We worship an amazing God, right? Amen? 
Amen. We worship an amazing God. He calls us and he gathers us into his family called the church. So let's do that. Let's be the church. Let's be the church through our story, through our integrity, through our worship, through our readiness, and through our invitation. Let's be the church. Let's keep in mind that church isn't a place. It's who we are. It's who we are. Would you pray with me, please? Father, first, I just I want to thank you for Jesus. You know, he came to this earth and he, and he died on the cross so that our sins could be forgiven, so that we could have eternal life. Uh, and Lord, between now and then, you give us this life that's full of purpose and joy and hope and meaning. So thank you, Lord, for Jesus. I also want to thank you for putting people into our lives, into our sphere of influence, who need you just as much as we do. Lord God, I know you want to use us. Give us the opportunity, but also the courage to be used, to step out and be your church through our invitation or through whatever means might work. Thank you for this series and thank you for blessing, it, blessing us through it. We love you and we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.